is coming up now on Established in the Faith. The great sin of David some 3,000 years ago, it is the great sin of the church today. What is it? I'll tell you what it is. Wanting to know the numbers, but ignoring the cross. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles, would you turn with me, please, to the book of 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 24. We're going to pick up today where we left off with David a few weeks ago, 2 Samuel chapter 24, beginning with verse 8. So when they had gone through all the land, they came to Jerusalem at the end of nine months and twenty days. And Joab gave the sum of the number of the people unto the king. And there were in Israel eight hundred thousand valiant men that drew the sword. And the men of Judah were five hundred thousand men. And David's heart smote him after he had numbered the people. And David said unto the Lord, I have sinned greatly in that I have done. And now I beseech thee, O Lord, take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. I want to stop right there and use for a subject preaching a few minutes this morning. David's sin in numbering Israel. David's sin in numbering Israel. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for every person that's under the sound of my voice today. I thank you for everyone that's tuned in by radio, the internet, CD, however they may be receiving this word today. Lord, I thank you for each one. And Lord, I realize today that there are many needs Needs, O God, of only which you can meet, and I ask, Lord, that you anoint me today to rightly divide this word of truth, to bring forth your word that the least among us, whomever that may be, may be able to hear and receive of your word. Anoint your people today, Lord, that the questions may be answered, the needs be met, Lord, that we all be drawn closer to you, is my prayer today in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen and amen. This particular episode in David's life took place about five years after his son Absalom had rebelled against David and tried to take the throne. At that particular time, all of Israel knew of David's sin with Bathsheba and the murder of her husband Uriah. Most of Israel thought David to be unfit for the throne of Israel, and Absalom placed himself in the gate of the city where all the business transactions took place, 
and he began to undermine David's authority. And the Bible tells us that the heart of the people was after Absalom. And Absalom took advantage of the situation, and most of Israel sided with Absalom. The Bible tells us that when the battle ensued, if you'll look there in 2 Samuel 18 and verse 8, the battle was scattered all over the face of the country, and the wood devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. If it wasn't for God supernaturally working behind the scenes, this battle would have been lost. Now, I want you to think of the import of what I've just said. David was greatly outnumbered. The numbers did not make any difference because God was working behind the scenes to straighten out this mess. I look out across this congregation today, and I see a lot of empty pews. The numbers are not where I'd like to see them at. The presence of people is not where I'd like to see it at. But I'm more after the presence of God than I am the presence of people. This situation with David, he only had a couple thousand. Absalom had upwards of a hundred thousand or more in his army. And it was scattered out all over the countryside. But the wood devoured more than the sword. God supernaturally worked behind the scenes and helped David win this great conflict what are you trying to say brother James I'm trying to say this it don't matter what the numbers add up to be if the numbers are low God knows what to do to make up the difference did y'all hear what I said I said God knows how to take nothing and make something out of it glory to God we serve a mighty God that's able to do all things and God helped David in this thing and Absalom riding his donkey through the woods the Bible says that his hair got caught up in one of the underlying branches and the donkey on which he was riding on just went on about his business and there's Absalom hanging in the tree by the hair of his head. Kicking and screaming. And Joab finds him. Puts three darts in his heart. Killed him. And when David received word that his son Absalom had died. I mean he was just emotionally distraught as as any parent would be losing their child but David knew that his son had died lost and David blamed himself for what all had taken place in that and it was 
David's fault. It was a situation really that I don't believe David actually got over. He would carry that with him to the grave. But after that rebellion was over, Israel put David back on the throne. In the eyes of God, David never left the throne. But Israel puts David back on the throne, but they did not repent of their sin of rebelling against God's anointed. God gave Israel five years to repent. And although they did the right thing, there was no true repentance from the heart. And the Bible tells us, Dana, if you will put it up on the screen, 2 Samuel 24, verse 1, The anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. When you read this same story in 1 Chronicles 21, verse 1, Dana, if you will put that up on the screen. 1 Chronicles 21, verse 1, there it is. It says that Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. One would look at that and say there's a contradiction here. But I tell you there is no contradiction. In the book of Job we see where Satan goes before the Lord and he asks permission to do particular things. We looked at that this past Wednesday night at our roundtable discussion. But I believe just as Satan went before the Lord as it pertains to Job, Satan went before the Lord as it pertains to this particular situation with David. Why did he do it? I'm going to tell you why. Sin is what gives Satan a legal right to kill, steal, and destroy. And God held him back for five years. Five is God's number of grace. Five years. Five years to repent. And although Israel did the right thing, there was still an inward problem, a heart problem. They had not truly repented, and Satan is there just itching to cash in on his legal right. And the Lord granted Satan to provoke David, to move upon David to number the people. Now here's the question. What's so bad about numbering the people? I mean, I can understand adultery, murder, rebellion against authority. I, I can understand what's so bad about those things. But numbering the people, what, what is so bad about that? In the book of Exodus, chapter 30, Dana, if you'll pull those scriptures up on the screen, Exodus 30, you'll see where God told Moses to take the census, to number the people. But when God told Moses to do it, 
there was a certain way in which it was to be done. Exodus 30, verse 12, he said, When you take the sum of the children of Israel after their number, then shall they give every man a ransom for his soul unto the Lord. Verse 13. This they shall give every one that passes among them that are numbered a half shekel after the shekel of the sanctuary. A half shekel of silver was to be given. Verse 14 says, Every one twenty years of age and above. In verse 15, Exodus 30, 15, The rich shall not give more. The poor shall not give less than a half a shekel. For this is an offering unto the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. That half shekel was to be collected and it was to be collected by the priest. Dana, if you will, put that up on the screen. Numbers chapter 1, verse 3. Thou and Aaron shall number them by their armies. This was something that was to be done by the priest, by those in spiritual leadership. That half shekel of silver, silver pertains to redemption. All of this points to Christ, our great high priest, and what he would do for us at Calvary's cross. And I want you to see the great sin in this thing that David did. Because the great sin of David, some 3,000 years ago, it is the great sin of the church today. What is it? I'm going to tell you what it is. Wanting to know the numbers, but ignoring the cross. Let me say that again, because some of you are looking at me funny. When this census was to be taken, and nothing wrong with taking a census, but it was supposed to be done God's way. The undergirding foundation of the census was man's redemption, God's redemption plan. But David ignored all of that. He wanted the numbers and ignored the half shekel of silver that was to be collected which all pointed to Christ and what he would do at Calvary. And today, churches are interested in the numbers, but they're ignoring the cross. How many preachers today so focused on the numbers that they ignore the cross? They will not preach a message on the finished work of Christ because it will offend people. If you want the numbers, you've got to tell people how good they are. Jesus loves everybody, and he does. They'll preach the cross, but they won't tell the people what the cross is for. The cross is for your sin. A word that's little used behind the pulpit nowadays. If you're given a medication, and you're not told how to use it, 
then it's not going to do you much good. And people are told about the finished work of Christ today, but they're not applying it as they should. Why? Because it offends people. And David took the census, but he ignored God's redemption plan. And Joab knew this thing was wrong. Joab, Joab, a Bible character. Let's look at Joab for a minute. Joab, he was David's top military advisor. He was the head of all of Israel's armies, but yet this man is not listed as one of David's mighty men. You think of that. He's the head of the army, but he's not listed as one of David's mighty men. He operated under David's anointing, but he experienced no anointing himself. He's a prime example of one that is in the church, but not of the church. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? I'm trying to tell you that our churches is full of people that's in the church, but not of the church. Let me go a step further. We got people standing behind the pulpit today that are in the church, but not of the church. They're operating under someone else's anointing, but they have no anointing themselves. God help us today. Not everybody that walks in that door is saved. How many are in the church, but they're not truly born again? How many hold a leadership position in the church? They're a deacon in the church. God help us, they even teach Sunday school. But they're not actually saved themselves. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power Thereof. Joab had about as much spiritual sense as my dog Flip Flops got. But he knew what David was doing was wrong. You know, it, it, it's a strange thing to me. The world out here can look at the Christian and look at the church and know what what they're doing is wrong. But the Christian and the church don't see anything wrong with it. It's a strange thing. Joab knew this thing was wrong, and he pointed it out to David. 2 Samuel 24, verse 3. He said, I wish my Lord the King would see this thing. It don't matter what the number of the people. God can add a hundredfold to it. Why does your heart delight in doing this thing, David? He knew this thing was wrong. If there was ever a time the Spirit of God moved through Joab, it was at this particular time here. Because the Spirit of God moved through those words of Joab and dealt with David at the beginning of this thing. But the Bible tells us, if you'll look there in verse 4, the king's word 
prevailed. Let me tell you this. The Holy Spirit deals with every single child of God. You need to hear that. The Holy Spirit will speak to you and deal with you about things. But when you buck up against what the Holy Spirit is saying, and you make up your mind, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And you make the plans, and you get engaged in those plans, the Holy Spirit will step back and let you play the fool and do your thing. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to force the issue. Now, He may speak to you, and many times He does. But the flesh is so loud, and we're so engrossed in what we're doing, we little hear what the Spirit is saying. And Joab comes in. He lays the sum of numbers on David's desk. The Bible says that David's heart smote him. I'm driving in Wilson the other day. Pulled up there at the stoplight. This young lady pulls up beside me. And I just happened to glance over there and boy, she was just going to it. I mean, her hands was just moving on that steering wheel and she had a big old smile on her face and, and I could hear some drums going. And I, I mean, all of you have been there, right? You're sitting there in traffic and somebody's got some ungodly mess going but there was something different about this young lady I, I could just tell that, that, that there's just something different and uh, I rolled my window down and I could hear him singing he may not come when you want him but he'll be there right on time glory to God and boy I mean they really got down on it and she just got to praising the Lord. She didn't care who was looking at her. What has that got to do with my message? <laughs> there are times when the Holy Spirit will move on you. And you feel so happy. And you just praise God and worship God. And you don't care who's around. Some of you need that. Are you here? All of us need that. Where the Spirit of God just moves through your soul and you're just drawn closer to the Lord. But that's just one work of the Holy Spirit. The other side of the coin is this there are also times when you feel like you're hanging on a rotten stick over the flames of hell are you listening to me i'm talking about the convicting power of the holy spirit we want to feel good and happy brother james but you can't have one without having the other two and how many churches today, you can go in there and you can feel good and get all happy, but, but, but there's no conviction. 
There's no conviction in the church. You can't have half of the Holy Spirit. You've got to have Him all or none. Conviction. Somebody told me the other day, said, Brother James, when I come to your church, I just wear my steel-toe shoes. Because I know you're going to step on my toes. That's all right. If you're wearing steel-toe shoes this morning, I can't see them. But somebody told me Wednesday night they're going to start wearing a football helmet. Try preaching with everybody sitting out there wearing a football helmet. (laughs) I'm trying to make a point. If you're feeling good all the time, there's a problem. Because if you're feeling good all the time, that means you're perfect. And ain't none of us in here perfect. There comes a time when the Holy Spirit will convict you and deal with you about things. And that's what happened here with David. Nine months and 20 days later, the numbers are laid there on the desk. And when David saw those numbers, he he delighted in that thing in the beginning. But when it was all said and done, his heart smote him. Now here's a question. Why didn't the Holy Spirit deal with David during this nine-month, 20-day period? Why did the Holy Spirit wait to after the deed was done to deal with David? Y'all come on back next week. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 